Good evening, wrestling fans. Welcome to Hanger Steph and Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by the Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, Bricksburg, along with Dan Filling, also joined by Coach A.J. Calvert here in the weigh-in section. Almost at overtime. Thought it was over already, Dane. That was a quick show, huh? Well, it's a laid-back show today. <laughs> we're in that weird part of the season where we're transitioning from all of the dual meets that we've talked about since October 31st when we were on here on our first show, and now we're we're into the expected part of the season where you know you've got your conference tournament, and then you've got another week until your sectional, and uh, you start to think about what are your expectations for some of these guys that are in the varsity lineup. How many... How many guys are you thinking about for uh, the finals for Adam Central in the ACAC? Or how many, how many guys do you think Belmont needs to get in the finals to, uh, to wrap up the, the conference title by 1 o'clock in the afternoon on Saturday? Uh, kind of looking forward to that part of the season when you're not working Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday night. And well, just, guys, just remember that we do have a dual meet on Tuesday. That's getting there toward the end, and then we're, we get Friday. We're going to Carroll. And uh, wrestling at Carroll Tuesday night. So, folks, if you're listening in, that'll be a good match. Carroll always has a competitive squad. And uh, the last several years, they've been more than competitive. They've been kicking kicking some butt. And Belmont sure doesn't want to lose that one. No. That would that would be a humiliating loss and a, a, way, a, a poor way to end the regular season and head into the conference tournament. So, Rex and I were on air on Saturday morning. We were at Adam Central for the Adam Central Jet Invite. Adam Central had an opportunity to get their JV guys some good bat experience. Well, there was Adam Central Wrestling, and then there was Central. There was. And it was we were in the Phil Arnold uh, setup. Adam Central won the event. One thing of note out of that tournament is that Alex Curry is now your all-time leader in wins. Adam Central, he takes over the top spot from um, Tyson Burcott, and he also took over the all-time lead in pins at Adam Central and uh, put his picture on the front page for Tuesday and was going through my records and my notes, and uh, there's a, a decent chance if he ends up as a medalist and perhaps a sectional, regional, semi-state champ, he could end up behind... Only John Sheets, as far as overall number of wins by any Adams County wrestler, regardless of school. Well, that's a terrific accomplishment. I know his goals uh, have not been reached, but uh, that's just outsta- an outstanding young man. Uh, not a one-sport athlete either. He's done this along with being a tremendous football player. You know, Dane, there was a couple of teams backed out on Am Central, so their B team was in, and I know Homestead's B team was there, and Hamilton Southeastern's B team there, so there was not. Uh, uh, terribly uh, high-level skilled wrestlers there that day, but uh, there was some, a couple of good matches we did see. Yeah, but there's a good chunk of that Adam Central lineup who, who need a tournament like that. We saw some guys who really needed some experience and some mat time um, between the B team and some of the guys who are lower down on the varsity lineup get some good action. We saw some really good wrestlers from, if that was Hamilton Southeastern's B team, I think we understand why Hamilton Southeastern is now ranked the top 20 Overall, yeah, they had a couple of really solid kids. That Dokes, Dokes kid from at right from was he ninety five or ninety five? He was yeah. he was a big solid kid. So, Adam Central with a real nice day. Uh, we can go through it uh, later on in the show. But South Adams also wrestled at Garrett and finished in fourth. Uh, perhaps the most impressive performance was Colton Bullenbacher, who was the champion. AJ Dahl was runner up. He lost to. Cha- uh, is it Chase Leach? I forget yeah, the kid's first name. I yeah, think it is. From Garrett. And uh, so had a pretty good tournament there, and there were a, a couple other guys who, who wrestled pretty well. South Adams still with a couple of forfeits. We'll have to see and hear from Coach Gaskell if that's going to be remedied before Friday's ACAC tournament. But um, now, we'll see those brackets here in the next day or two. At the girls' state tournament that I know we'll go over in a little bit, uh, we were forced because of uh, other obligations on the radio to break down and leave after our the Belmont girls were finished, runner-up finishes for both the young ladies. But I stuck around and watched Mallory Winter wrestle in the championship, and was she impressive. Yeah. She was wrestling an undefeated senior, and she's undefeated as a ninth grader. You would not know, standing beside her, that she was a ninth grader. She's very mature physically, and she's big, Rick. She's yeah. tall, and she's strong, and her skills are terrific. 
and she lost the opening takedown and came back and won that match, I think, 13-2. to two. I was standing Matt's side when that girl from Purdue Polytech picked her up on a single leg, put her way up over her head, and just pounded her on a mat and said, oh, this is trouble, and she got a reversal and proceeded to just thump that girl. She did. She just turned her from top and worked her over, and third period, that girl she, wanted nothing to do with her. No, she broke her. <clears throat> she yeah. broke her in the... In the I, when she reversed her and put her to her back, I think she had the pin. It wasn't called, but that girl was done. So when I, I she wins her match and she comes off, congratulated by her father, and asked her dad, I said, you know, being Mason's little sister, why didn't she ride legs? And he said, we'll teach her next year. <laughs> she did. We're just not going to let her run into in matches. But uh, I'll tell you what, she was tough on top. All day long I watched her. She just really wore people down and turned them. You don't want to put the hex on anybody, but. I've seen a, a lot of girls wrestle, and I, you watch the Olympics and you watch high-level collegiate now. The girls are starting to have more and more opportunities. But, boy, you'd like to think that somewhere down the line this girl has a tremendous future as maybe representing the United States of America. You know, we saw several girls that were that, that way. Uh, Juliana Ocampo, uh, that crawl girl that wrestled her in the finals. That was a great match between those two six-pounders. I mean, that crawl girl, she's she's. She was right there with uh, Ocampo the whole time. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what those two do in the in the state tournament here in a couple of weeks. I Crawl think... will come out of that. Will come out of the Newcastle semi-state. Ocampo will come out of the Carroll Regional. Um, it, it'll be interesting to see just how far they go. We we could get two females qualified for the state finals at six this year. And Mike Reiser told me that way back in November. He said, "Oh, these girls are the real deal. They'll they'll be right up there." And give Mike some credit. He had Juliano Ocampo ranked you know, in the top 20 at the start of the year. You know, I talked to Blaine Culp was up around us most of the time, and he said that uh, the first time when he had a dual meet with uh, Jay County and Clemson City, he said after he saw Mallory Winter, he called Brandon, Brandon that night and said, she's ranked number one at 60 because she's going to win it. And he, he was correct. Now tell me, did you stick around and watch the heavyweight match? Did not. I, I found out what happened. I talked to some people who were there. I talked to Blaine also. Yeah, so the Columbia, talked to Blaine? Columbia City heavyweight was – was in the finals. Right. Correct. Correct. And our buddy, Mr. Medvesic. Frankie Medvesic uh, was on the call, and at the buzzer, and I think in regulation, they, uh, he called a second stalling on her, which gave, no, it was overtime, in the first overtime, and gave the other girl a point as the buzzer went off, and that's how she lost. And she she is very athletic. That girl is very physical. I can't imagine she was stalling, but you know, I didn't see it. Blaine told Dane and I that she is playing basketball currently during wrestling season, splits time. Right. She's a shot putter, discus thrower, fantastic athlete. And I tell you what, uh, if somebody's looking for a heavyweight, uh, if she's going to get into that, whether they wrestle 190. What did we say? We looked, we looked them up. Do you remember what the, the I think heavyest weight was? 190. But yeah. – uh, I tell you what, she's very athletic. Um, Rex, did you know that she also played football this yes, fall? Yes, he did. Say she she, played she was an O lineman, <laughs> either wow. a guard or a tackle. You know, she's six foot, AJ. I mean, I she towered over she, us. She may, well, most people do, Rex. But <laughs> she she was like maybe six one, six, and at about one hundred ninety pounds. Do you ever read Dane for our live ad? I do. Double Eagle tonight. Food great as always. Rex shared a, a few gizzards with me. Judge is here. He's partaking in a few I think he's going to the egg rolls tonight. He went he went egg rolls. Tonight. Yeah. Went to egg rolls. Very good. Nice crowd out here tonight and we encourage everybody to come out here the next couple Sundays. We do have a couple of Monday night shows when the conference championship games and uh, the day after the Super Bowl will be on Monday night, but the rest of the season all the way through the state finals and even the Sunday after the state finals we'll be right back here. With that, we're going to send it back to studio to Steve Rouse. Our uh, studio technician running aboard tonight. We'll be back with uh, our first period right after this. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Brad Weber proudly supports the WZBD Wrestling Coaches Show. He also supports youth football in Adams County as a board member of the Decatur Football League and president of Belmont Cadet Football, giving our youth the chance to learn the great game of football. Some of the best football players in our area have also been fantastic wrestlers. That's why famous coaches like Joe Gibbs and John Madden always wanted wrestlers on their team. 
Find out more about youth football opportunities by giving Brad a call at 452-7045 or email bw at bradweberlaw.com. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Welcome back to Hager Seven Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, we're live at Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Burrow along with uh, Dane Filling, A.J. Calver, and joined on the phone by our first guest for this first period, coach of the Columbus City Eagles, Blaine Culp. How are you doing tonight, coach? Good. How are you guys doing? We're good. We've been fed. Uh, we have some uh, adult beverages going here. We're ready to go. <laughs> well, I was promised one by Dane, but I had to stay here and be dad, so I figured I better not head up there and, and have one of those with you guys. I'll have to send it FedEx. <laughs> <laughs> That'll work. It might be a little flat by the time you get there, but uh, we were talking a little bit about the uh, girls' state finals, Blaine, and we know that uh, there was some uh, controversy in, in one of your calls, and uh, we felt that you had the best heavyweight there. Uh, that girl is so athletic. You told us all of her accomplishments and uh, multiple sports she plays right now. Uh, how did that whole match go? And we kind of understand how it ended, but how did the rest of the match go? Um, it went basically how we thought it was going to go. You know, I knew we had to stop. Um, her name's Riley Dimpwolf. Um, I knew we had to stop Riley's attack, you know, and, and she's very good at what she does. Uh, it's just hard for us to, you know, the, the style that she wrestles, it's hard for us to score. And, and our girl's not that experienced. She's just, I mean, she's just athletic. Um, you know, we got dinged for stalling in the second, which was a good call. It was a great call. Um, I agreed with it. Um, and then we went through the third probably should have had the second stalling call in. That's what I feel like. Um, you know, we just weren't able to do anything. She's so good and stays in such a good stance. Uh, we just weren't able to, to get going, and she's good at, at, at getting us backing up. Um, we, we should have got hit there, but, but we weren't hit. We go into overtime, and, uh, you know, right there at the last uh, 20 seconds, she really had us in trouble, and, you know, and then old Frankie got us right at the buzzer, which, you know, you know, it's hard to argue that call, but it, I thought that the call was very poorly timed. You know, I as, don't think as, that you should be. I don't think you should be calling a stalling call with a second on the clock. As an official, uh, for in overtime, for all those years as official, it's like you do not want to determine the outcome of a match. I know there's times when you think somebody might be stalling in the last period, and it's like I'm gonna just go to overtime and see if uh, they just decided on their own. But uh, making that call at the end of the the uh, sudden victory call, it just isolate. It just ends it right then nobody has a chance to do anything yeah that was my that was my biggest problem was was right at the last second you know call it early call it in the third call it with a minute to go in the third because not a lot changed in the match you know if you're going to call it call it don't don't call it one second on the clock that was my biggest problem you know it's not you know we got to live with it but the girl that defeated her where was she from blaine uh mccutcheon and she was uh she's four-time undefeated state champ Holy uh, moly. She's, a, she's a very good wrestler. You know, she's won Fargo. She's been a, a Fargo runner-up. Now she's number two in the country for a reason. Really? So I guess your young lady, uh, as a first-year wrestler, is that correct? Oh, yeah. As, she, um, she I mean, we were up a for fantastic, the task. You know, we, we worked job. all week to, to try to beat her. So, um, you know, we, we fell we fell a little short. But, you know, it's, it's a good effort on Haley's part. You know, wrestled for one year and... And, and pushed one of the country's best wrestlers to the, the last second of overtime. So will Haley now think about um, going on and wrestling in college? Uh, she would like to. Um, What's the weight class right, in college? Right now, the, the highest weight class is like 190, 191. I'm not sure exactly what it is. Um, but I have been in talks with other college coaches that have called, and I know they've talked about adding, you know, like that 220, 215, 230, somewhere in a bigger weight class, and I think – what does uh, Haley if weigh? That gets added. She'd be in. What's that? What does Haley? What did she weigh in at on on Friday? Uh, she weighs roughly two twenty right now. She got down to like two ten over the summer. Um, you know, right now she's about two twenty. But well, coach, other than 
that uh, unfortunate end. What were your overall thoughts of, of, of the night? I know it was a, a long night. We all kind of skipped out right before your girl came up because we were tired. But uh, overall, I thought it was a, a great night. Yeah, it's a, it's a, I, love, I love that gym. You know, it's a nice old gym that's set up perfect for that. Um, nice scoreboard up there, and, you know, they use a screen sometimes. Um, you know, it, it's a, I, think, I think the girls' state is coming along really nice. Um, you know, I would love to have that, that face-off atmosphere like the boys do. Uh, I think that's one thing that, that should be added. But other than that, I think the girls are, are rocking it. I do, it's I, fun to watch these. I, I do think that uh, for somebody who did not uh, attend, they did as much as they could to give those girls uh, every uh, advantage that the boys have, and they really made that a very well-displayed uh, finals. Yes, absolutely. The finals were awesome. Um, lights off, you know, nice spotlights, fog lights, uh, the cor- you know, coming in from the corners with, the uh, you know, the red and green. Uh, you know, it was nice. You know, just that was more almost like the, the NCAA finals. So tell us a little bit about your program. What's, what's next for Columbia City Girls Wrestling looking into next season? Uh, well, we're going to have to get some more girls. We lose five. Um, you know, we started the season with 10, and we had five seniors. So, um, But these girls are doing a good job of recruiting. I know we have um, another set of sisters coming in that uh, didn't wrestle this year, but they, you know, they're planning on it. Uh, I have a gymnast that's, that's going to come after the season and start working out with them. You know, it's just these girls do a good job of you know, getting their friends and saying, hey, let's try it out. So it's, you know, it's on them. It's not, I haven't, I think the only ones I ever even talked about were my managers from last year. I got one of them. Uh, the rest is all the girls, but, you know, they're recruiting in the hallways and, and doing a good job of it. Now we do have to give you a hard time because you were like, you usually are our, our second choice for guests tonight. Your mom declined. So we, we went to you, <laughs> but, uh, why don't you say a little bit? Cause I know, you know, what goes on behind the scenes. Why don't you say a little bit about the amount of work that was done from the Kokomo coaching staff, athletic department, to your mother, to J.D. Minch, all the officials. Uh, it, you could tell just how many people were involved by where we were sitting. Well, I think the, you know, the biggest name that you're forgetting is uh, Gary Myers. He's the, you know, he's the guy that, that started this whole thing. You know, a lot of people like to say stuff about the coaches' associations, but it's, it's Gary and the, it's actually the girls' association. Um, you know, he's done a lot, and, you know, he has a lot of ideas and passes it down. And then, of course, you know, mom does a lot of the tournament setup stuff. And, uh, and you know, even your, your own Brandon Razzo has done more than, more than his fair share. You know, he did a lot of seeding stuff and, and uh, you know, just getting the tournament and the brackets set. Uh, you know, without him, you know, the tournament wouldn't be as ran as nice as it is. We had a really nice chance to interview Gary um, during the day on Friday, and he talked. And one of the things that I took away from not really knowing him up till Friday, really, was that guy has an energy level that's just through the roof, nonstop, every day, all day. Yeah, I haven't. I've never really sat down and talked to him. I had uh, my heavyweight Ian Clifford. Uh, he wrestled for him over the summer on one of his dual teams, and he said the exact same thing you said. He said he's high energy, and you know he's he's all about it. So he seems like a pretty good guy. Speaking of Ian Clifford, is he the number one seed for the conference for the following Saturday? Well, I think so. I don't know if any, any of the other heavyweights have beat him. Uh, he's back in the lineup. He uh, he's wrestled a tournament and two duels since since he's been injured. So. Um, he, uh, he should be back to 100% and ready to go. So, Other than he looks, he's, he's got the big mask on. But So, Blaine, uh, we know that uh, you're one of our uh, favorite, uh, one of our best uh, listeners. Uh, you heard what Coach, uh, what Commissioner Falcon said last week about possibly, you know, they wanted 100 schools with five to six girls per team. What do teams have to do to try and get that number at that level? I know that some teams have one or two. You know, Belmont had two really good girls, but, you know, getting to that five or six per uh, do you think it's a, a goal that can be achieved in the next couple of years? Oh, absolutely. Um, I think more teams need to look at setting up dual meets. You know, we last year we had we had uh, Brebuff just week. Uh, they came up and wrestled us. Um, it was more of like a um, 
kind of like a get together. We matched up and and did you know all that kind of like a JV would. Uh, but this year, you know, we set up, we, uh, got a hold of Jake County. We had a an actual dual meet, you know, weigh in, face off, you know, just like the varsity boys would. And then we went up to Penn and did the same thing. And you know, I think it just it's going to take more of that. You know, it, you know, getting in front of a crowd. You know, these high school students don't see the the girls wrestle on Saturday or Friday night at, at regional or state. They want to see them at their school, in their gym. On a Tuesday on or Thursday night. Yeah, that's, that's, that's how you grow your, your, your team and, your, and the, your fan base. And I know a lot of the coaches were going away from dual matches on the guys' side. They wanted to have tournament events, and they wanted to wrestle as many matches as they could. But you still, if you don't wrestle six to ten dual matches – you, you, the, yeah, the parents I mean, I, lose I, I, out. I get it, but you know, if you want to build the sport, you gotta you gotta have it in front of your school. If you want to get if you want to get girls on your team, you gotta your girls have to see it. I agree. I don't, nobody wants to go sit in a gym on Saturday from. Well, my team first. We went down to Indy three or four times, getting up at four a.m. every Saturday, getting home at seven eight a.m. or eight 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 p.m. You know, they don't like that. <laughs> You, you got to have the, the close ones, and you got to have the dual meets where they don't have to get up at 4 a.m. every Saturday. Well, Blaine, we're going to go to commercial here in just a second, but we want you to stay on the line for our okay. second period. Before we go to our break, though, we want to give a shout-out to Madman Wrestling Academy, one of our fine sponsors for this program, Coach Myers. And uh, uh, his program have been pretty instrumental in uh, growing – Area wrestling over the last couple of years, especially some of these guys that we talk about every week from the Jay County wrestlers to New Haven and everybody in between. Bluffton. He's got, uh, he's got a camp that will come here before the ISWA folk style tournament, and then he'll have a summer tournament. So if you're from the Decatur, Fort Wayne area, give him a, uh, give him a call and uh, jump into Madman. It's a fun atmosphere. The judge can attest to... Uh, to what goes on there and the hard work that, that happens there in the Belmont room and, and surrounding your kid with, with great coaches and, and getting that opportunity in the offseason. With that, send us back to the board to Steve Rouse, and we'll be back with uh, the second period right after this. Winter might be here, but that doesn't mean that we can't think about golf. Give Cross Creek Golf Club a call at 724-4316 or visit their website, crosscreekdecatur.com, for all of your offseason golf needs. Memberships and gift cards make great presents for the golfers in your life. Book an outing for this year, but hurry as they fill up fast. March is just right around the corner. Cross Creek, a proud supporter of Belmont Athletics and Belmont Wrestling. When you're doing new construction or remodeling and you need drywall, the name to call is Paul Baker Drywall. Paul Baker Drywall does championship caliber work and gives you free estimates. Paul uses all the latest styles for your approval and his work is always guaranteed. Give Paul a call today at 701-4388. That's 701-4388. When it's time for drywall, use the best Paul Baker drywall. Hi, this is Jesse from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly, and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Welcome back to Hager Stephan Hershey's Hershey High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle. At Cross Creek, once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill as uh, Rex Brewer, A.J. Calver, Dane Filling here, and we're still on the line with uh, Coach Blaine Culp of the Columbus City. Are you guys just the Flying Eagles? You're the Golden Eagles? You're just the Eagles. Eagles. Just, the, just Eagles. the Eagles. Just the Eagles. I like to throw the Golden in there once in a while. Just last, to make you... last week, we were the Lady Eagles. I'm going to start calling you the Columbia City Inflated Eagles <laughs> after what we saw <laughs> in November. Hey, we're looking It'll forward. We're looking forward to uh, coming to Columbia City in your beautiful new school for the conference. I can't wait to get back up there. Well, if you guys score too many points, we're going to put you up in the corner <laughs> underneath the buzzer. <laughs> well, so we uh, can't hear you too much. Dane was telling me that uh, you promised him a special <laughs> media um, hospitality room just for media that was going to have like uh, 
filet mignon or something in it. I'm not sure what that Shoot. conversation if you're was. If you're coming to Columbia City, I don't think you're going to find any of that. <laughs> well, Blaine, let's talk a little bit about some of the weight classes that are going to be the most intriguing on Saturday. Of course, on WZVD, we'll have the ACAC tournament on Friday, and then we'll take an eight-hour break, and we'll be right back with uh, our listeners for the NE8 tournament bright and early. I would think that at 106 pounds, uh, Juliano Campo has not lost to an NE8 foe. I'm guessing that she's probably the number one. Yeah, I guess. I don't. I don't know of any of them that will even uh, compete with her right now. You know, she looks pretty good. Um, you know, in all these years that you know of them being around this area, you know, a couple, you know, about a month ago is the first time I've ever really watched her wrestle, and uh, she's she's impressive, really impressive. We talked earlier. We thought that that 106-pound match in the girls' state finals between her and Heather Crawl was an incredible match. That that Crawl girl is very good as well. Yeah, it seemed like she just couldn't get to her offense. To you know, Campo did a good job of of getting where she wanted to be, and uh, she controlled that match. To and that's how she won it. I think 106 will be pretty darn competitive. We've got Isaiah Smedley, who only wrestled one or two conference foes, didn't wrestle Campo. Obviously, they're cousins, too, which adds an, an another layer. But, you know, the Meyer kid from DeKalb's not bad, and your freshman's not all that bad. Yeah, we've uh, we've snuck in there. We uh, we pinned the, belt, or the DeKalb kid. Um, we got beat by Ocampo. We got beat by Clark, but Clark's not at 106 anymore. So um, we should end up the probably the three seed behind you guys. Um, and then at, 100, anybody else. at 113. Oh, the Noble's six-pounder is good. Oh, yeah, he's not bad either. At 113 pounds, then you got Easton Doster, who uh, I think pinned Smithley earlier in the year from Norwell. He's probably the top seed there. That's that would be my guess as well. Uh, he's he's also just as impressive as Ocampo. Then you got Ike at 120, Sprague at 126. Those two are. Uh, think that they are heads and shoulders above everybody else right now yeah that's a good way to good way to put it we saw a great match last week i don't know if you got a chance to listen to it between belmont and adam central calvin ferrot had a big compact win against logan allman and uh sort of made a statement in the area he might be one to look out for at the conference tournament on saturday uh well i would say anybody wearing those red and blue singlets are uh are someone to look out for this year so I think you can you can pretty much put them anywhere you want in the bracket. They're going to find themselves towards a towards a championship match. Of course, Doby Litchfield likely the number one seed at 138 pounds. Yeah, at 145 pounds, uh, Gavin Davis I don't believe has lost in the conference yet this year. He uh, he's had an awfully impressive freshman season. Oh, absolutely! I I would say that the only one that I off the top of my head. Uh, the DeKalb Miller kid, if he's still at 45, I think he might be coming down. But that's the only other one I can think of. I had Again, an, that's off the top of my head. But. I had an interesting conversation with uh, Hot Rod Williams at the girls' state. He was down there selling rings, and uh, he said he was has been coaching Davis ever since his fourth grade year, and he said he was one of the very few that wrestled the way he, like Joe Pataxel, taught him how yep. to wrestle. <laughs> you you want to you wanna hear a story about that one? Yeah, we got time. Mr. Pataxel taught my dad how to wrestle. That's, a, is that's, that a fact? that's where we learned. So my dad grew up with the Pataxels, so I guess that would call me second-generation Pataxel trained. Exactly, yeah, that's good stuff. And you were trained by uh, one of the very best, a Hall of Famer for yeah. sure. Well, uh, uh, Frank was a uh, two-time state champion, uh, actually three-time, two-time state champion, and uh, he and I ran in the summer circuits together, and uh, they were very tough, and, uh, and his dad, uh, Papa Joe, was uh, one of the best. Yeah, tiny, too. I ran into him at a golf course in Logansport and never imagined someone being smaller than me, and he was <laughs> definitely smaller than me. Then at 152 pounds, we saw Garrett Manley take Alex Curry down a couple times last week on Wednesday. He ended up getting... Stuck in the second period, but uh, I think he kind of made a statement, at least an impression, uh, amongst the three of us. Uh, I would look for him to, to to probably be the favorite at 152, although the DeKalb kid's not bad. You said he may go down to 145, though? Uh, no, the 45-pounder may go down to 38 oh, okay. for DeKalb. Um, I'm not um, sure he wants to do that. I would that. like to throw my, my guys <laughs> into the mix at, at 52 with, with Tanner Reed, but 
you know, I think they've wrestled in the past, and, you know, I think Manley's always came out on top. But I'm sure we'll, we'll throw everything at him to try to beat him. Then at 160 pounds, we've, of course, got Duke Myers. You said Reed will be at 152? Yeah. We've seen lots of good things from him over the last couple of years. And then at 170, uh, obviously you're talking about Eli Johnson. He uh, pinned Maverick Somerset yesterday at Garrett in the finals. And uh, I got a feeling he's going to be threatening for a medal here in four weeks. I hope so. I thought he was going to get one last year because he, he seemed to be peaking right at the right time. And then, uh, unfortunately, Friday night bit him. But, um, you know, I think, I think he's one in this area that could sneak in there and get a medal. Oh, I don't think there's any doubt about that. That's a young man yeah. that's worked hard at it. And uh, I know I'm not sure who's going to wrestle 170 for Belmont come next Saturday. Uh, Freet may go to 82. I don't know. Yeah, we're looking at possibly Christner dropped in there and wrestled uh, 70 uh, there and against Sam Central. And then uh, Isaac Freet went to 82. Uh, that may be a fixture for the rest of the season. We're not sure yet, though. Of course, Norwell's also got Hudson Kahn up there at that weight. He's probably a practice partner with Johnson and uh, has gotten better because of him. Yeah, absolutely. It's always It always seems to go that way, doesn't it? When you get one, there's always two, sometimes three. And how about, while we're if we take a break from talking about conference tournament on Saturday, how about Norwell winning that Garrett invite? Does you that know, surprise Carol, you at all? Sorry. No, not at all. Um, Norwell... Um, has been that sneaky good team the last three, four, five years. Ever since Johnson got in there, um, they've been uh, very sneaky and very good. That you, They just don't get the, the recognition that I think they deserve. Kind of leads me to another topic that I thought we'd touch on before we uh, left you tonight, talking about Team State for next year. I know you had some discussions with me earlier in the year about your team's competitiveness, and you guys ended up dropping out of 3A and there's a lot of discussion about when to add teams and when to choose the teams that are going. You know, Norwell was better than at least, I would say, four or five teams that were at Team State for 2A this year. But there were only so many spots open to them. What's your thought on how many teams should be invited in November or December and how many should be chosen in the spring? Um, I don't know. That's tough. You know, I haven't really thought of that. Um, you know, I definitely like the, at least the one team. You know, and, you know, the 3A, 4A, you are you were bring, locking in seven, right? And then brought in one. Right. That's what we did this year. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know, 1A and 2A, maybe even lock in 10 instead of, I don't know what you guys did this year. I don't know if it was, it was also just It was also just one. Okay. That might be a, a good idea of locking in only 10 and then. Allowing and space then for that other two. one. Yeah. There's still, of course, every year there's discussion on should there be 12 teams, should there be eight teams in 1A and 2A. I know one of the biggest issues, of course, it would be wonderful to invite as many teams as possible and have the biggest tournament possible, but there's only so much room at a venue. And I know I was talking to yeah. J.D. Minch on uh, Friday, and J.D. said, man, 24 teams, it's, it's just there's, that's too much. We can't. There is no venue in Indiana that can hold 24 teams and, and have enough space. And, and I yeah. said, you know, well, everybody says, well, why don't you just split it up 1A and 2A? But people don't realize that means you're running, basically you're running one tournament, but you're, you're doing it at four different sites. There's only so many people that are, you know, <laughs> able to work those types of tournaments. And, and, and having them at four different um, sites, it, it just makes it really difficult. Yeah. If anything, I would combine the 3 and 4A and then separate the 1 and 2 if you're going to do that. Um, but I, I, you know, in the, my experience, it feels like one and two, a bring more fans than what the three and four a do. You know, I, I know that I know Belmont brings a whole lot more than most. Um, and, and it just seemed like that, that side of the, you know, the last time we were there, that side of the, the, the expo was louder than say the, the, you know, the big schools. Well, we do know that, uh, where Martinsville, where they put, uh, one, uh, one a over in the auxiliary gym or in the field house. There was definitely not enough room over there, and the people complained about uh, not having enough uh, vantage point to see from for a fan's point of view. Yeah, that's 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 exactly what I think. That's I think one A and two A. If you are going to split them, then I think you combine three and four A. Just you know, I know 
those are bigger teams, but usually the fans aren't aren't as they don't come as as well as the the one and two A schools, and then you're only at 16 schools rather than 24. Well, before we get off the air with you, we want to go through those last three weight classes. Looking at 195 okay. pounds, I got to think that Henry Kukulhan is the favorite. His dad's sitting here next to us, so don't say anything bad about him. But <laughs> as we were walking through the semi-state rankings yesterday, Rex and I were as we were waiting for the forfeits to go by. Uh, you know, I look at some of those other kids at the 195 weight, weight class in our area. I'm not sure if we we don't start mentioning Henry Kukulhan as a as a potential semi-state finalist or semi-state champ. I, uh, you know, I've been watching him for a couple years now and, you know, his frame, you know, he's so tall and so he's got a swimmer's frame and you know, that's hard to wrestle. That's hard to wrestle. And, and he, he's adapted and, and, uh, really came into his own. And I think he's definitely a force in our semi-state. Yeah. So we're looking forward to seeing what he can do in the conference tournament. And then, uh, I know that the young man from from Daleville, uh, had a pretty good season last year. And if you look at the semi-state rankings, they're both ranked top four. But uh, I think that's going to be an awfully competitive weight class when it comes to semi-state. Oh, yeah, absolutely will. And then at 220 pounds, obviously we talk a lot about Blake Hirely, but Keegan Martin had his coming out party in finishing fourth place at the Al Smith. And uh, you, you look at those semi-state rankings at 220, and there's a ton of guys that you – look at and you think hey they could they could make some noise down in indianapolis well is he the favorite at 220 at the conference keegan uh i believe so i, I don't think he hasn't been beaten by anybody in a conference i don't so think far. he's lost uh i don't think he's lost a, a conference yeah i don't i don't think he has he lost at mishawaka and he lost to hirely those are his only three losses i think aren't they yep yeah and uh w- you know we think martin's been wrestling very well and uh, Hirely took him down with blast doubles just with ease, effortlessly in the dual meet last week, so it tells you what level those two are at. Yeah, I can tell you one thing about Hirely. As a 1A running back, I would not want to tackle him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, during the football he, season... He's a monster. During the football season, Dane and I watched him drag people for extra yardage uh, all the time, and we watched him wrestle a kid uh, Saturday. It looked like he was a pretty solid kid, and he just he just blew through him with a blast double and took him down and put him half and 13 seconds he was in for a fall i mean just he's just that good yeah and then at heavyweight of course we talk about returning state qualifiers we have uh, your young man ian clifford and he suffered a loss earlier in the year to another one of our favorites in jason Orr from muncie central we sure hope those two don't have to wrestle each other in the ticket round we'd like to see both of them end up at the state finals i tell you what that was a like a 132 match they, I think it was seven five, seven seven, something like that at the time, when it, when, uh, and it was right at the end when he pinned us, um, and it was more of, <laughs> you know, we're going for the win, and and got caught, but it was it was an awesome match, it really was. And looking at that heavyweight uh, class, the Via Fuerte from Angola, if you want to look at the semi-state rankings, we saw Dalton Robinson take him down in November. So I think from first to eighth or first to tenth. There's not a whole lot of distance in the Fort Wayne semi-state at heavyweight. Not, not that, uh, not that I've seen, and I know that the, you know, I know the Northrop kid had, had talked about going up. I don't know if he is staying up there or if he's still at 220. Um, but I know there's a couple in the sack there that might try to throw their wrench in it if if they if they are at the heavyweight. I know there's always talk of going up and staying down. And well, maybe we can get General Heavy Hands to call into the show and, and fill us in. I'm sure he would. I'm sure he uh, would have some insight. Well, Blaine, it's always an honor, and uh, we thank you for coming on the show, and we look forward to seeing you on Saturday. Hey, thanks for having me, and uh, hopefully, sometime I can get back down there instead of being over the phone. Sounds good. All right, thank you. With that, uh, let's send it back to studio for a round of commercials. Back with the third period, uh, right after this. DDD Maintenance and Repair, owned and operated by Shane Reynolds, has your local professionals for heavy-duty truck and diesel engine repair. DDD Maintenance and Repair also offers full-service sand and glass blasting for your surface restoration projects. Whether it's getting your heavy-duty truck and diesel engine running like new or sand blasting your project to look like new, we have a blast renewing the past. Give Shane and the guys a call at 260-223-5442. That's DDD Maintenance and Repair. Independently owned and operated, 
Haggard, Sefton, Hershey, and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Looking for a trusted name in home or farm insulation? Ted Sprunger Insulation has been taking care of families in our area since 1978. When it comes to spraying foam and cellulose insulation, Ted Sprunger Insulation can't be beat for service or price. Give them a call today at 273-5068 or at 824-3021. That's 273-5068 or 824-3021. Ted Sprunger Insulation. Welcome back to Hagger Sefton Hershey's Elf High School Wrestling Weekly, hosted by Double Eagle here at Cross Creek. Once again, live from the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill. Rex Brewer, along with Dane Filling, we're joined on the phone by Coach Andy Oberlin of the Homestead Spartans, also one of our fine sponsors for the Fort Wrestling Facility. How are you doing tonight, Coach? Great. How are you guys doing? We're good. Coach, we're going to start out by asking, do you think you could set up an interview with General Heavy Hands on this show next week? Uh, quite possibly. <laughs> I don't see it. Uh, to be honest with you, like, yeah, you read some of the forum stuff, but uh, honestly, he's just passionate, dude. Um, and in the background, like, he's chit-chatting with me. I actually saw him today and shook hands with him. Well, we were discussing at 220 and heavyweight, the Fort Wayne semi-state rankings, and we were talking about Mr. Hinton and Blaine Culp, who was the guest before you, mentioned that there was a rumor going around that he might move up to heavyweight because it seems like at 220 – there's three, four, five studs in our area, and, and the heavyweight class maybe doesn't seem as, as difficult. Mr. Hinton certainly has the muscle to compete at 285. Yeah, he's got the muscle and the hips. He's got really good hips. I mean, you could shoot in on him. It could be a good shot and put a hip into a kid. So I, he's a pretty athletic, fast kid. So, yeah, I think you could do all right at heavyweight. You're right, 220 is pretty stacked right now. Well, Coach, I know you had a busy weekend with your varsity team. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the dual meets that you won and, and tell us a little bit about the Wild Bill. Uh, yeah, we, the, the second half of the season is always um, after Christmas. I always tell the kids that's what we want to be prepared for. and uh, we, we take some time off during Christmas. We only practice about four or five times over that break, uh, trying to get them rejuvenated, and we come back off and we wrestle Snyder, Adam Central, and Jay County. And usually all those programs are pretty strong, um, and we were able to take it to, to Snyder, and we were able to get uh, Adam Central. And uh, uh, on paper, I didn't think we could get Jay County. We had a couple guys that uh, weren't my lineup, and uh, we were able to actually get that one. It was a tough duel. It was our senior night. It was, uh, it was intense. It was a fun night. Kind of stars aligned for us, and um, they're a really good team. They're well coached. Uh, Wood and Myers do a great job. Um, they got a great group of kids. Uh, we were just able to kind of hold them off at some of their their, their uh, really good classes to kind of minors and majors, and we got a couple pins where I didn't think we'd get pins, and we were able to pull it off. So it was uh, it was a good ending for us. And then we uh, went to Wild Bill. Wild Bill was down, uh, but we won that one pretty easily. Um, they, they had a couple teams pull out because I think conference got changed for them. Uh, so Northwood wasn't there, and I think uh, uh, Muncie Central wasn't there. So I think there was only seven teams, so some of the brackets were pretty sparse, and I think with some COVID stuff going on. So not a lot of stock in that one, but our kids came, and we brought a full team, and uh, we were able to wrestle pretty well. We only had, like, one backup in. So, Coach, uh, one other thing to mention about that Jay County team is they're very young, and they're going to be around, and they're going to be good for a long time. Uh, uh, his group, he's got, like, four four freshmen, or they're like either ninth or tenth graders from last year that are just really tough in that lower weight class. Yeah, I saw. I actually saw uh, quite a bit of them at the Fort live wrestling night. Cody Rolls um, and Wood. Um, they're they're really fun to watch. I think the heavyweight came a few times. Um, really respectful, good kids too. Like Cody came up after the dual meet after that tough loss for him, and thanked me for the Fort and uh, what it did for him. And his dad came up and chit chatted with me. And um, yeah, from 106 to 138, they're just solid as all get out. And then then they have some solid wrestles uh, after that. But yeah, they're. 
like I said, they're well coached and they're going to be good for uh, the following year. So it's going to be tough to keep on competing with them at that level for the, the near future. So, Coach, Homestead's still an independent, correct? Yes, it is. So you don't have a conference tournament that you have to attend? Yeah, we're, we're done for a couple of weeks. I have Plymouth JV next weekend. Um, so really, I'm, I'm going to try to get – I'll probably kick most of my JV out after Plymouth just COVID, for COVID issues and try to kind of keep it down and tell my kids to live in a bubble. Um, there's still a lot of quarantine going on in Southwest. Uh, we, we don't have to wear masks. So, you know, the rule is if you're near someone that doesn't have a mask but you have a mask on, you're going to get quarantined. So I'm going to really try to get my kids to, hey, put that mask on. And if someone's near you, tell them they got to put a mask on during. Because, I mean, sexual's really, it was a heartbreaking for us last year, and I don't want it to happen again. It's one of the reasons that people didn't know that Homestead was going to be a pretty decent team this year is because we really didn't have much of a postseason. Uh, eight of my kids got quarantined. Um, so we really, you know, we didn't have, we didn't, weren't able to take very many kids to regionals. Yeah, we remember that episode of our season last year pretty well, unfortunately. Uh, Coach, yeah. the girls' state finals, uh, Coach Culp was on earlier with us, and uh, he had one of his girls had uh, had COVID and, or been uh, quarantined, and she took a test, and the results of the test came back, and weigh-ins had already started, and it was too late, so she didn't get to compete in the state finals because the test came in late. She, she competed and came was positive? No, she did not. She was not able to wrestle because her, her negative test came in after the uh, weigh-ins had started, and so she missed a weigh-in. So. That stinks. I, I know that Southwest now, I don't know about other schools, is allowing home tests. That, that's a little bit of a game changer. If you get a home test and it's a rapid test, they're allowing that as, as something to come back to school on, as far as I know, like, like the stuff that I see. Well, we certainly hope that as we approach the the – win and you're in, lose and you're out, don't show up and you're out phase of the season that we can avoid as many situations as possible. As you in, encountered last year as our, our friend from Bremen last year, remember we, he lost almost his yeah. entire team. Uh, we just hope that we can make it here four or five more weeks without anybody suffering any, any major losses on that end. Yeah, it's a pretty big heartbreaker for them, especially when they never actually get anything. You know, that it's just you just don't know. You don't know how it's going to affect. I, I had COVID over Christmas break, and it actually hit me pretty hard. So you just don't you, you don't know. Yeah, we know Coach Myers was uh, pretty adamant over the last few weeks, and especially the week or two leading up to Team State. He was telling the Belmont team late November, early December, the only thing that's going to stop you guys from winning a state title is COVID. And uh, yep. he was pretty yep. adamant with them that, that, that they take every extra precaution. And, you know, from his perspective, I think, if the uh, if the masks are going to allow his wrestlers to have a two percent better chance of, of being able to compete, then it's it's worth it to wear them. Yeah, we just got to make sure the students around them are also wearing them. It's going to be my only thing, and so that that'll be something to police. But I'm I plan on having those conversations with my kids uh, the next week or two because really we should be the favorites for sectionals, and and, and my kids have worked really hard in the off season. Um, they, they really could have won it last year. They, they deserve it, in my opinion. I know you get what you work for, and I really feel that they've worked for it. So do you enjoy your position as an, as an independent, or do you wish you had a conference that you could be a part of? I, there is a chance to heal, um, but at the same time, I get a little jealous. I was listening to you guys talk about, you know, I was, I, I was, I was at DeKalb for years, and so I missed the old NHC uh, back in the day in, in that tournament. So... It, it's it, it's one or the other. Like it, it's nice that the kids get a couple of weeks off. I'm gonna give them tomorrow off. Uh, we can focus on all the stuff we need. But it, it is nice. You got another tournament you can run for a title for, right? You get a conference championship. Kid gets a conference championship. So it, if there can be something figured out in the future, that'd be great. I, I'd take advantage of it for sure. Well, the reason I asked is because there's been some some shakeup down in the Marion County area, and Carmel and Center Grove are now without conference affiliations also and uh, it's just a different dynamic i know that cathedral is an independent and, and they enjoy that from where they are but they have a distinct advantage with the number of high schools that are within driving range of them and of course you guys do a little bit too but not to the not to the depth that that cathedral does yeah well i mean be a butt kicker of a concert or a conference and i would love it i i, I love competition i want i want my kids to see the best when the state in Center and Grove and Cathedral and 
Carmel, all those guys, those are, those are, those are heavy hitters. You know, would this be a good year that uh, you'd want to be in the NE8 to take on this uh, Belmont Braves team this year? Man, come on now. That's a loaded question. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, yeah, Bel- Belmont's, Belmont's on their own. They, I mean, they're, they're, they're really, Tim's done a great job. I mean, he saw this coming uh, w- with his boy and all the stuff he's doing at Mad Men. I knew this was going to be a solid year, and he really put that lineup together. So, yeah, I don't think we're touching them this year, unfortunately. But the years to come, I'd love to do a duel with them, and I think that uh, there might be some years that we're pretty competitive with them. Yeah, Andy, A.J. Calver here. Yeah, we've, we've had duels in the past, and I know you're doing a terrific job of bringing the level of your school up. What about the rest of the Fort Wayne schools? Can, can we hope in the near future that their level rises? Yeah, you know, I'm seeing, as far as from the Fort side of things, I'm seeing the community there, right? Like, so a lot of coaches, like Garrett coaches are coming to help and coach at the Fort. I got some Snyder coaches that are coming over now, and I, I got a pretty good relationship with them. I, I, I got Columbia City Blaine helps with the girls' session. He sends kids over. I got, I got Leo kids that are coming in there. Like, I, I see the want, and I think that's what it's going to take. I think everyone's going to need to come together in some way shape or form and right now not worry about the local rivalries so much those are great but those aren't going to get us to where we need to be to compete against indianapolis or our down south so i think we're probably still about five years out from really pushing but i, I think there's going to be a few here or there but on, on the level that we need to actually get we got to get that middle school program going now i will say this i had a meeting this year with uh, uh fort wayne community schools i i i linked in the the, the new superintendent, he was real responsive. He said, you name the coach and the athletic director and we'll meet. And I brought Zimbo in there and uh, Northside's coach Hershey and, and uh, a couple others. And they've approved middle school wrestling. Uh, this year it's going to be club-based, but next year they're really going to push forward to do in middle school. That new superintendent is a, a very big supporter of sports and is willing to shake things up. So I'm pretty excited about that front of it. Um, and my whole goal is just to get more interest so I get more people into the fort. <laughs> So, yeah, I, uh, that's terrific news, Coach. That's that's the best news I've heard. You know, Fort Wayne has been without middle school wrestling for, what, 30 years? And how can you have a, a high school program without it? Yep, and, and and the goal is to keep everyone in the same pipeline. Like, Snyder does a good job with what they uh, what they do, but it seems like everyone gravitates to that school if they want to wrestle. We can't build a mall if, if, if pipeline is singular and not, like, you know, building up the community in their own school system. And there's going to be a lot of work there. I, I praise the, the Fort Wayne Community School coaches because that's a tough job. You got kids in there, no experience, just getting their butt kicked, and you gotta and you gotta you know pick them back up. And like that's just it's a it's a long road, and I don't think it can be done without help. So, coach, that's kind of a good segue in as uh, our live ad to read in this period is the Fort Wrestling Facility, and uh, I think you kind of spoke to uh, how the Fort Wrestling Facility is helping all the schools in the Fort Wayne area, and uh, if you're in there in the mix, pulling in, talking to the uh, administration to get uh, junior high wrestling back in, into the Fort Wayne Community Schools, that's probably a, a good aspect of the Fort Wrestling Facility that's really uh, bringing those schools together. Yes. Yep. So, Coach, what can we expect from the Fort here as soon as the high school season's over? Uh, we'll be back to doing some live wrestling. I'm trying to, like, I've been pretty busy with high school season, so I need to refocus on it. It's kind of you know, this is the forts, a little bit of downtime, right? Like, I still have kids in there. We're doing our clubs, but everyone's kind of went back to their corners. And it was, the cool thing is I went to Garrett today, and they had a tournament. And it was kind of like I'm walking around. I'm, all these kids are with their own schools, but they come into the fort, too. So I'm talking to their coaches, talking to the kids, shaking their hand. It was just a cool experience. Like, I didn't have anyone. I'm not out there, like, competing directly against them. So I think a lot of kids will be coming back. I'm getting a lot of positive feedback. So I'll, I'll get some camps and clinics going again and – I really want to do a focus on some freestyle and Greco. I think that can separate us from some of those other schools and get some of the, you know, get Graylin early in there in Anton Talamentes and some of those local greats that have done some stuff. And I might bring a, a national level uh, clinician in there just to kick off the season, but get a little bit more focused on that side of things, right? Because a lot of clubs dip off at that time. And I think we can separate ourselves a little bit that way and then get those kids that experience they need. Well, Coach, we thank you for coming on our show tonight, and uh, we wish you luck as you take some time off before you get ready for the sectional, and we look forward to seeing you again at Semi-State. Thanks, guys. You guys do a great job. I appreciate it. I, I, if I don't catch it on Sunday nights, I always go back and listen to it. Uh, you guys do a phenomenal job. Well, thank you very much. 
All right. Thanks, guys. That's been Coach Andy Oberlin of the uh, Homestead High School uh, wrestling coach, along with the Fort Wrestling Facility, one of our advertisers. And now we're going to send it back to the studio. Steve Rouse running aboard, and we'll be back with our overtime period right after this. Hi, this is Joel at Decatur Package Liquors, locally owned since 1965. I promise competitive prices and the best service in town. Stop in and ask me for details about our new Beer of the Month Club with all our great variety. We offer bulk buy discounts for weddings, graduation parties, and other big celebrations. Special orders are also available and highly recommended. Don't forget about Wine Wednesday where you get the best savings. Decatur Package Liquor, it's located right on 13th Street. Come on guys, it's where your friends shop. Independently owned and operated, Haggard Sefton Hershey and Zelt Funeral Home, located in the heart of downtown Decatur, has been serving the funeral needs of Adams County and the surrounding area for over 114 years. Whether it's at need, a prearrangement, or a monument sale, our small staff is here to provide comfort in your time of need and make our home feel like an extension of your home as we assist you in honoring the life of your loved one. Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur is hands down the best auto body repair shop in the Midwest. That's why your friends and neighbors give Bowers Paint Studio a five-star rating on Facebook. Your family ride get dinged in an accident? Take it to Bowers for a free estimate. Need a custom paint job for your collectible car or motorcycle? Bowers Paint Studio is the place to go. Nate works with all the insurance companies and can help you get a loaner. That's Bowers Paint Studio on West Monroe Street in Decatur. Hi, this is Jessie from Heller Nursery in Decatur, Indiana. We are celebrating 75 years in business with three generations of Heller still working. During these winter months, we have a great selection of pottery and houseplants in our greenhouses. New shipments in weekly, and stay up to date with Heller Nursery on Facebook. Stop in at Heller Nursery for a breath of fresh air. Don't forget, Heller Nursery is open seven days a week, including Sundays. Check out hellernursery.com for our spring tree and shrub options. Back to the Hager Sefton Hershey's Elder High School Wrestling Weekly as we uh, make our way to the overtime period where Dane runs down the incredible list of sports that are going to be on WZB Sports this week. Yeah, tomorrow night we've got a big Big Ten basketball game between Purdue and Illinois. And I said tomorrow night. It's not tomorrow night. That's a noon uh, tip-off because of the holiday and uh, a full slate of games on TV. So hopefully you got the day off tomorrow and you can watch some basketball. And then tomorrow afternoon after that, we've got the Pacers and the Clippers. Tuesday night, we've got the Matt Painter Show. Uh, and then as soon as the Matt Painter Show is over, then you guys will be on the air for Belmont and Carroll as Belmont wraps up their dual season. Then on Wednesday, the Pacers begin their late-night West Coast uh, road trip. The 10 o'clock tip against the Lakers. Thursday night is the, uh, the big Purdue-IU game. That's a 7 o'clock tip, followed by the Pacers at Golden State. Then on Friday, Rex, you and I will be at Bluffton High School for the ACAC Wrestling Tournament. Saturday morning will be the High School Basketball Coaches Show, and then Rex and AJ, you guys will have the NE8 Wrestling Tournament live from Columbia City. Sands, filet mignon, apparently. He, he didn't. He didn't live I, up to that I, promise. I would, if we get pizza, I'd be real happy. No, <laughs> probably filet of bologna. And then uh, after that, we've got more Pacers basketball late at night. I believe 8.30 is the time for that. And then another episode of High School Wrestling Weekly next week, January 23rd, 7 o'clock. That will be the night before the sectional seating meeting. So we'll talk all things sectional and discuss the results from the conference tournaments. So once again, we'd like to thank all of our sponsors who allow us to bring you this High School Wrestling Weekly each week. Uh, our host, the Double Eagle Clubhouse Grill, who... Uh, Always has great food and cold drinks. And uh, tonight, Dane's a little under the weather. He made it through this show. No podcast this extra session. So uh, all of you tuning in for the podcast, uh, you just get a one hour. And uh, we'll like to thank Steve. And AJ's got a comment to make. Well, Rex, I want to also talk about if you're interested in watching playoff football, Jason has about 14 big screen TVs up here. So come on up, watch the game, have a libation, and enjoy yourself. With that, I'd like to thank everybody. I'd like to thank Steve running aboard. We'll be back with High School Wrestling Weekly next Sunday night. Thanks a lot.